You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Did you see LeBron James literally walk the ball up from half court to the three-point line? Took 18 steps. He did that, and he was on the court one time in socks this year. He was celebrating. Welcome back, everybody. Episode number 14, season two, double coverage with the McCourty twins. We're the twins. J Mac here, your host. D Mac. Yeah. Pretty cool shirt. Friends. <clears throat> Yours like, is cool, like but it's just old looking. Yeah. Anyway, get right Good into it. Though. As you guys know, you can find our podcast on YouTube. Uh, on iTunes. Mama, on, we made it! On Spotify. All you have to do is search double coverage with the McCordy Twins. And as always, keep up with us on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at McCordy Twins is where you will find us. Quick shout out to our partners here at Double Coverage. Shout Boston, them out. Shout them out. Boston Medical Center and Embrace Kids Foundation. We've come together to tackle sickle cell disease, and you can learn more at tacklesicklecell.org. And of course, our friends over at Normatech who are continually helping athletes to recover. They're re helping the athletes redefine their potential, helping them to push boundaries and exceed their goals, recover faster, increase circulation, and conquer those sore muscles. Shout out Normatech. And you can do all of this with Normatech, the ultimate recovery for today's athlete. If you want more information or you want to go purchase one for yourself, just visit normatechrecovery.com. Let's get right into it, get man. Get into it. It's uh, holiday uh, time is approaching. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Um, this Christmas—that's one of them. Uh, Jackson Five—you really can't go wrong with the Jackson Five whole Christmas thing, you know. Talking about Santa, yeah, saw Santa kissing my. Like, I mean, you can't go wrong with all of those. You can't go wrong with Jingle Little, little Bells, drummer, Jingle Little Drummer ball. Boy. Oh, little drummer boy, Stevie, Stevie Wonder. I mean, you can't, and you can't with classics. You can't prepare. You well, must, when, when mommy comes up, the outline. No, nah, when mommy comes up here, that's how we go. Yeah, she has come to my house. And be like, you don't have any Christmas music playing. Like, that's why she has a lot more fun. At it my was house. almost that look because we jam. We get a little eggnog. And then you pick your drink of choice and mix with the eggnog. It's like it was almost like, did I raise you? I mean, hey, my kids. Some picked, people, some people, my, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. My kids picked. The some Christmas people song. live in windy areas, so the apple falls and the wind just blows them so far away. But depending upon your family, the tree doesn't even recognize. Depending you. upon your family, the further that wind blows your apple, kind of the better you are. So, if you say so, to, to each his own. Uh, before we get into it, uh, rest in peace. Uh, Pete Frades dies at the age of thirty-four. Uh, from ALS disease. Um, you guys, if you don't know, uh, played at Boston College, um, was the originator of, uh, started the Ice Bucket Challenge, which over years uh, was able to raise more than $220 wow. million dollars, uh, to go towards ALS. And this is a disease that um, I've seen kind of up close. Uh, play with a guy, uh, Tim Shaw, um, linebacker uh, from Penn State, um, got drafted by the Carolina Panthers, uh, a special teams demon. Uh, played, led the league in special teams a year. He was with Chicago, then came from Chicago. How many, how many tackles did he have that one year? I think he, it was like 30, 30 right? It was so ridiculous. On special teams. 
and joined us in Tennessee and played there for three years. Moved all the way up to a special teams captain throughout his career there. And I remember his last year there in training camp of him just not feeling like himself and not feeling like he had the same pop and the same juice almost in a sense and um, ended up getting released from our team and training camp and was just continuing to try to train throughout the course of that season and body like one arm feeling stronger, a lot of just complications. And that following April um, was diagnosed with ALS. And I just remember um, at that time not knowing much about the disease and obviously feeling bad for a friend and a former teammate. Um, and I could just remember he continued to come around the team and um, shout out to uh, Coach Malarkey, who was there at the time, um, who continued to invite Tim in, had a locker for him right in the locker room. And each time he came in, like you could just see the disease taking its effect on him, his ability uh, to talk. I remember um, hearing him speak when we went to visit our team chaplain. Uh, he had a gathering and he said small things like brushing his teeth in the morning, being able to chew his own food, holding his plate. Uh, with things that have become very challenging. And, um, man, just a credit to him. Very similar when I when I hear about uh, Pete Frady's story is Tim was a guy that never felt sorry for himself, had very strong faith and believed that he, there was a purpose behind him being diagnosed and would try to use his platform as well to inspire. So ALS obviously is a terrible, terrible disease. And, uh, you know, rest in peace to uh, to Pete and, um, you know, condolences to his family and hope that they're, they're able to be strong. And I saw the neighborhood he lives in, everybody's hanging his jersey up on their front door. And that just shows the impact uh, while he was living. It's not always how much time you have here, uh, but what you do at that time. And he's made a huge impact that will go on forever. Yeah, and I think it speaks volumes. I think we all, we watch athletes. You know, obviously Pete Freddy's played at Boston College, Tim Shaw, Penn State, then Chicago Bears in Tennessee. But these two men will be known for what they did after they finished playing their sport. Mm. You think about Pete Freddy's and you think about Everyone wants to be remembered for something, and you know people always talk about championships and all of that. You can ask people everywhere, you know who who was the starting offensive line on the nineteen nineties Super Bowl champion team. A lot of people can't name that, um, but you think back now, Pete Frady's name will go down in history for what he did off the field, for the money he raised, for hopefully someday the lives he saved. Um, by putting himself second and putting everyone else in front of him and starting the ice bucket challenge. I remember, I mean, we did that as a team right here and just seeing teams across the world do it, um, you know, to see his legacy probably continue to grow and grow. Uh, I'm sure his family and his loved ones are extremely proud of what he was able to do on this earth. For sure, uh, definitely. And like you're saying and kind of hinting at, it's about giving back and it's about getting into the community. And um, yesterday, Monday, uh, Monday night, uh, you were able to uh, host an event at David Yerman in Boston. Shout out David Yerman. Uh, how was it? It was awesome. You know, uh, second year we got to ho uh, have an event there. Uh, I guess we should give a big shout out to my man, Ken Martin. Uh, kind of put everything together uh, two years ago and then put it back together. Um, and then another big shout out to Rianne. Uh, she goes by one name over at uh, David Yerman in Boston. Um, but at the Copley Mall. To see the amount of people come in there. And so many people came up to us and was like, we love David Yerman. We love buying, you know, the David Yerman product. But we waited until we knew your event was coming so that we can buy and proceeds would go to tackle sickle selling. Uh, the, the evening went, not, went great. And I would ask you, what was the highlight of the evening? Oh, that was easy. And I think when you put these events together, it's about 
um, the people that you're trying to help and the people you're trying to reach. And I think we were able to see that uh, last night as a, a young lady by the name of Solana um, in her 30s. She, we didn't want to say her age. In my 30s. But she got up and she spoke about just her life experience of living with the sickle cell disease, of how she was diagnosed when she was two years old, told, was told that her life expectancy was five. She made it to five. Your life expectancy is 18. And she's now in her 30s. And I think she, it was five, 10, then 18. Yeah. And then she's just continuing, continuing to, to just surpass everyone else's just beat expectations all the odds. and continuing to beat all the odds. And I think when she got up and spoke and the people that were there in that room and you're there and you're there for a great cause and you're there, me and you were there, we're taking pictures, signing autographs and you got the rings on and all that. It's a cool atmosphere. But then when you hear that, it gives you a real life picture of what we're there talking about and what we're attempting to raise money for. So I think- Did you, did um, you hear what she said? She was like, when I finished speaking, it was like everybody just went to the counters and just started buying more stuff. And that's what it's all about, you know. And I think people got to see that firsthand. And uh, it opens up your heart. And I think that's what this time of the year is all about. Um, Open up our hearts and being able to help uh, other people. And, and, and in regards to that, uh, coming up uh, next Monday, I'm going to be doing an event at Target, taking 20 kids to go shopping uh, from the key program uh, right here. It's in the New England area, but the one closest to here, we're going over to Target. Can't tell anybody where you're at, man. You can't, you want just raid the people there? That's very true. Uh, but we're going over to Target, take a few kids shopping. Should be fun. But hold on. Monday, you're doing that. Then Tuesday, I'm going to Bash Pro Shop. And we're also going to take kids shopping, get them winter coats, get them a gift for someone else that they love. Um, just a great time of year to give back and uh, to see how happy uh, kids get. And every year I get to do this, it's awesome to see. The kids usually get most excited when you tell them, all right, now you're allowed to get a gift for someone else. So. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a little bit of some local news here. Uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts, a few, a few days ago, had somebody reach out to us on uh, Twitter and talked about this Lawrence Pop Warner team who was getting ready to face an opponent that if they won uh, this past Saturday, um, a week ago Saturday, Saturday. they'd be – they, they have headed. an opportunity to head to Disney World and compete for the Nationals. But uh, there was an issue, obviously, financially. That's a tough, a tall task. And uh, we were able to donate some funds and be able to help. And Lawrence Pop Warner team got the victory. In their first game. Took off to, they got the victory. They took off to Orlando, played their first game at Disney, and was able to win. What was the score? 33 zip. 33 zip. I was kind of upset they beat a, a New Jersey Pop Warner Woodbridge, team. yeah, they beat the um, Woodbridge Broncos. So sorry to hear that, but it very, is what it is. Very excited uh, for this Lawrence Pop Warner team. So shout out to them. Uh, they have another game coming up, up tomorrow yep. uh, on Wednesday. So good luck to them. Hopefully they get another win and they come back to the New England area as national And it's awesome to see, champs. like, we're getting pictures of them just hanging out at Disney. They got their team picture. I got to send them a video Saturday morning before the game. So, um, you know, very happy for those kids. That's a once-in-a-lifetime dream. Uh, I remember playing Pop Warner and dreaming and hoping I could I was go like, to why Disney. we can't go to Disney? So we never made it to Disney, but Lawrence Pop Warner, you made it to Disney. So you got to bring home a championship back to title town. That's only right. Got to. Second straight loss. Um, this was my first game at Gillette Stadium as a member of the New England Patriots that I didn't come out victorious. So um, definitely upsetting to lose that it's game. It's a good ride. You had a good streak. You had a very good streak. Uh, like Mommy says, you gotta, you, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. But uh, tell me, what, what, what went wrong? What stuck out? Yeah. No, 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 what stuck oh. out? Just from an exit oh. 
Give me your, your Oh, I thought your, you were saying officiating stuck out. That's not what you were saying? That's the next thing I'm going to get into. But I just wanted, oh. to, I wanted to first. But that didn't, st so that did stick out, but that's just the next thing. I want, exactly. I wanted to do this like step by step. Like, oh, okay. Because you know how like when your mom, when you're growing up and your parents tell you like, don't blame nobody else, just worry about you. No, I wasn't blaming you. I just thought you said what stuck out in the game. Like, so that's what, what I want. What was like, when you look at the stream, like, whoa. I thought that was one of them. There ones. was a few woe moments. But oh, definitely. Just taught me football. It was, to me, it was a very competitive game. We're in December. Two good football teams. A lot on the line. Uh, competed. You know, it was kind of a game of halves. Um, you know, Kansas City jumping out to a 22-3 lead in the first half, which obviously is not good for anybody to be down 23, especially not to Kansas City. Um, but we were able to fight back. Uh, offense put together some good scoring drives, defense getting some turnovers uh, in the game and, and getting some stops in that second half. So hard-fought game. But like we said last week, this time of the year, you have to find a way to win. Every game is going to be different. It wasn't 20 to 3. We scored on, a, on our first drive. I'm wrong. Oh, it was 20 to 7. Yeah. So, like we said, each game has, is going to be different. Ultimately, to be a good team at this time of year, you have to find a way to win. High scoring, low scoring, um, turnovers, no turn. Like you just, it, it could be it ugly. It was exciting to see, though, how the momentum shifted in that second half. You block a punt, you force a, you force, you force a fumble. Offense starts making plays. Um, uh, Jacoby makes a long pass. Just to see the tie turn, it was like we couldn't get as many stops in the first half. Then next thing you know, it's stop at the stop at the stop. And it was exciting to see us obviously down, going to halftime, come back out, and just continue to fight and claw our way back in the game and give ourselves all the way. The game literally came down to the last play of the game, and we just came up a little bit short. But like you kind of were saying, too, uh, I think Tom said when you play long enough, you have some games where you feel like officiating on the ball, everything just seemed to go your way. And then some games like Sunday night, you felt like it, it just didn't. And as a player, I think you don't want to sit there and say, well, the officials this, the officials that, because they're humans just like us. None of us go out there on a Sunday and just play a complete perfect game. I think, but you just hate to see it, whereas those plays that are reviewable on their own, where a scoring play, when it's just like, hey, we call it a touchdown, they got to review it anyway. A turnover, if we call it a turnover and let the play run, well, heck, if it's not, they'll end up bringing it back automatically anyway. So I think that was a very frustrating part um, of the game, but like you said, we still had chances to win and chances to make plays, and we just came up a little short. I would. How did it feel to be back? Lim didn't play a lot of plays, but yeah. to be back out there, how did it feel? Uh, it felt good. You know, it's obviously a process whenever you're injured and very frustrating. Nobody likes going to treatment and having to do a <laughs> bunch of rehab on top of the things you do just consistently throughout a week uh, to continue to get your body ready. But it felt really good to be active, to be in uniform, uh, to be out there, whether it's talking on the sideline, the few plays in the game in a limited role. But it felt really good uh, to be out there. So I'm continuing the process of, of getting all the way back out there. And, um, you know, as Bill will say, We'll see what happens. Oh, that's a good one. A good one. So what's your mindset? What do we need to do moving forward? We got to bounce back. Bounce back. Bounce, I think, bounce um, back. I think Tom, Tom said it best after the game. Okay. Um, on to Cincinnati. And I think that's. Oh, well, Bill said it originally, but I mean, I yeah, see where you're going. I mean, he, he, he coined the term. 
But I think, like you just said, we have to get back to winning. You have to, you have to move forward. You have to focus on. Obviously, you have to look at this game and find out the things that you didn't do right. You want to start faster. You know, we don't want to, like you said, go into halftime down twenty to seven, and you have to claw your way back into the game. And I think it's going to be a big week for us because we're, we're back on the roll. We're back on the roll, and I think more importantly than that, we're going against a dangerous team. You know, um, Cincinnati has only won one game this season, but. They're playing better football as of late. Um, got their first win two weeks ago, and then you watched them this past week versus the Browns. It was a very competitive, hard-fought yeah. uh, division game. And I think um, at this point for them, you're just trying to spoil other people's season. You know, at this point, obviously the playoffs Speaking from and, experience. and different things are out of contention. Very much so. I've been in that position where I've finished 2-14, and 3-13. And, and as you come over the latter part of the season, not only are you trying to ruin other people's season, but personally, as you watch guys out there, nobody's going to give up for the fact that you may hate the team, you may hate the coach and ownership and management, but at the end of the day, you are what you put on tape. So when you're on a team and you're not winning a lot of games and you're finishing with a bad record, the one thing that's guaranteed at the end of that season is they're going to blow up the roster. And if you're a guy that's no longer going to be there on that team, you want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward throughout that season because other coaches, GM, scouts are watching that film like, well, let's see, did he give up? Was he still hustling in week 15 knowing that they weren't going to get to the places they wanted to get as a team? But personally, was he still competing? Does he love to play the game? So I think you're going to see a team that's going to come that's going to come out there fired up. They're at home. Uh, they have a good opponent coming in. Um, they're a, 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 a team where a new coach and a new system, and they're trying to build a culture. So they're going to look at this like this is another opportunity for them to grow as a team and get better. And not to mention Andy Dalton's back out there, an experienced a veteran quarterback that's going to obviously give them the ability to make plays. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we got to just come ready to play. And I remember last year after we lost two uh, games with December, we lost to Miami and Pittsburgh. And Bill talked about games turning into, like, playoff games. Mm -hmm. you, have, you didn't have many games left, and all of the games turned into must-wins. And um, we're, get, we're at that point in the season. Like, you've got to win. You've got to find a way to win. So we got three games left on the schedule. we got to find a way to win all three of those games. And um, I think that's what we're building as a team. The sense of urgency is high. Anytime you go two weeks in a row without winning and you only have three losses in the season – like, we have a lot of losses clumped together. So yeah, true. Um, guys are just, I think, you know, really fiending for that just week after week winning, you know, getting back to getting that. back to that feeling. Yes, of just stringing wins together and stringing good weeks together. So um, that's a challenge for us this week, and I'm excited going into the week. Uh, I love our group of guys. You know, I think they all love to compete, so we got to find a way. How do you feel? Jets rule Le'Veon Bell out for their game on Saturday, and he is spotted – bowling Saturday night after being ruled out. He was out. in Jersey too, though. He, it, like, he wasn't even in New York City like at Lucky Strike or or, uh, He's or Chelsea Pier. He, he wasn't out there like where you could bowl till 4 a.m. So if you're a teammate, are you mad? No, he's at the local bowling alley. He got ruled out. Ruled out with an illness. Yeah, he's sick. He got over it. They didn't want to play him because he was out all week. Can't help that. He said it too. It was he was like it got blown out of blown out of proportion, and he did say he bowled a two fifty one. So I think lost in all of this is Le'Veon Bell, not just a great running back, not just a great receiving running back, but he can bowl two two fifty one out there throwing strikes. He's out there throwing strikes, and his team got the dub. Dub City to me is a win win all the way. Yeah, and second, I don't want to play in New York. Last week 
they 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 listed a bunch of players out at bounce. Shout out bounce. I've been to bounce in New York City. Out at bounce partying. This week, Le'Veon Bell spotted ball. Like, can these guys live a little bit without only oh, we saw him here? Only oh, like, boy, I, I don't want no part of that. That's rough. These guys can't do anything. Life of an NFL player. But can't do anything. Go bowl on a Saturday night. Take your butt to the game on Sunday. That is the lesson at hand. If you're sick. People miss games every when day. When you used to put that thermometer by the light bulb and tell your mom you had a fever. I never did that. It doesn't work anymore. You could not go outside and play that day if you didn't go to school. Raiders getting ready, preparing to play for their final home game. You know what that is? In California. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. They- That's the O. You didn't watch like Charles Woodson? When he used to play for Oakland and he would throw that up, crowd would go nuts. I ain't know where that, I ain't know what yeah, that, that was. I mean, you you don't know legends. I watch a lot of Charles Woodson. I'm kind of, I'm like, I, like this kind of crazy because I think you look at, I was uh, for one, that's one of the hardest places to play. Yes, they said they used to throw batteries at guys. You used to have to keep your helmet. I mean, on. and there were shoulder pads with the spikes on helmet spike. The fights that they used to show in the stands, like those, the poor fans, you know, in Oakland losing their team. I feel like that's one of the historic franchises that when you see. Uh, back to back hits for California too. Yeah. San Diego. I know San Diego went to LA, but I mean, you got San Diego, Oakland, now LA. Would you want to be a rookie in Vegas? Ah. It's a lot of idle adult, time. Adult playground? It's a lot ah. of idle time. You go from college where every hour do you, of your day is structured. Do you make a team rule that no one is allowed on the strip on certain days of the week? Like, let's say Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. So that's Friday the whole nice in between. But do you ban guys from going to the casino? You might want to, because and just because and, of the optics. And and we got and we have to go over the rule of not betting on NFL games. You have to. But you're right. I mean, the, the optics are, rule. There's there's really nowhere to go in Vegas. Like you think about being here in Boston, they just open Encore Boston. They might see guys in there time to time, but like Vegas, like. Almost everywhere on the strip, like, you got to go into the casino. You got to go into one of the hotels that has a casino floor. So, I mean, let's pray for all the men that are going to play for the Vegas that love the Sin gamble. City. Because you, you're not going to be able to get – What happens I mean, What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And anybody, if you get out of Vegas, don't look back like Lot's wife. I had to tell, I had to tell Lisa that the other day. Don't look back like Lot's wife. Who? Lot. Oh, you got to read that story. Uh, Sada and Gamora. Lot, God helped him escape. Don't look back. His wife looked back, turned into sand right there. Don't look back when he tells you don't look back. Good story. Baker Mayfield takes a shot at the trainers in Cleveland in reference to Odell Beckham's sports hernia he did. He did apologize and say that's not how he wanted it's to too come. late. It's not how he wanted to it come off. It is too late. He already I said will, it. I will say Shout this. out to Joe Sheehan in the training room in Cleveland. Had a good experience with those guys while I was there. Do not know how this injury is being handled and all of that. But at the end of the day, I do not think that's the way to handle it. Beep, Maybe they, beep, 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 Oh, no. He's beep, a great trainer. My bad. Beep, it's too late. Beep. Back the bus up over him. All over them. And I think that's the thing that kind of gets lost sometimes because I saw, I think this was Saturday or Sunday, news broke everywhere and it was just like, although Beckham has a sports hernia uh, uh, injury, requires surgery. And like, kudos to him for playing through it. And to be honest, 
a lot of guys. There's through. so many guys throughout the course of an of an NFL season that get injured and need surgery and are like, ah, I got X amount of games. Or sometimes it's already August and you don't have time. In the se- you, we only get 16 opportunities a year. I would tell people, pay attention to how many people get surgery right as soon the as the season season's over. If they get surgery right when the season's over, they needed surgery during the At season. At some point, they played through it. And that's just, that's just the truth of the matter. So, I mean, shout, kudos to Odell, but at the same shout time, out all the guys there's in so the many league. guys um, that are play doing, through the, a lot. Play that through are doing a lot. the same thing. Shout out all the wives and moms and girlfriends that, that put up with us. Got to put up with these injured babies. Yeah, for sure. That's not me, though. I'm an Iron Man. The phrase that you always hear in the NFL is that, like, the shield, NFL, it's a football family. And we always describe it like that. And I kind of was... Uh, Fraudulent. I kind of was upset to read when Chris Smith from the Browns was released. And this was a guy, and I know probably everybody heard this story, um, that uh, his girlfriend uh, was killed in a car accident. He was on his way. I think she was maybe dropping him off at work. Or they were on their way maybe home from somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where they were heading. But they had just recently had a baby girl. And I think she their, was four weeks. daughter was four weeks at the time. And uh, something happened to his car. And he's on, the, bender. he's on the side of the road. And in the process of being on the side of the road, a drunk driver drives and ends up hitting his girlfriend and killing her. And to go through something like that during the season – and try to combat that and continue to show up to work and play football, it's without a, a doubt that there's probably going to be some drop in your place. Well, a lot on your mind. And your attention. And so to see, and obviously I don't, I don't know like what transpired within the building and all of that between Chris Smith and the Browns. Uh, I've read somewhere that he didn't, he didn't ask for a release and it didn't come from him, but I don't know. But it's just from the outside looking in to see that happen, it's just like, dang, like – this is a guy going through a lot, grieving, at the same time finding out how he's going to take care of his newborn. And to see him be released was just like, dang, it was tough to, to read that headline. But I don't know some people say he got most of his pay, but just to, to lose the insurance the medical and just like you just said, being around the guy. So uh, definitely prayers up to him and his little one. Um, and the rest of his family, I'm sure he has a lot of different people um, holding on to him and, and elevating him and bringing him up. So uh, obviously a tough situation. Pray for the best um, and for him to keep fighting it and keeping his dream alive and playing in the league. Yeah, and I think that's what we talk about when, we, when, when you see guys say that they don't want to be on a team and force trades and force releases and all of that. And at the end of the day, when you say, hey, a guy has to make a decision in the best interest of him and his family, you can never forget what gets lost in this beautiful game that we all play is that it is a business. First and foremost. That's why it's not a family. It's the, a business. The end all, it's it not is, a family. It is a, it, well, it, I guess it is. I think I was realizing that, and you, you kind of get it. You know, you may have a position coach that you have and you've played for for many years, and he, he loves and respects you in the same way. But at the end of the day, you can't forget that any coach in the building, any administration person, is he going to put a player before his wife? before his kids, his wife has a good job, kids are enjoying school. He doesn't want to move. Yeah, so at the true. end of the day, it's always going to be in the best interest of winning games, whatever that looks like. And I think as fans, as players, sometimes we understand that, but sometimes as the fans looking in, you don't quite get that perspective of it because you just see your favorite team, your favorite players, and you just want to see them win and games. And when they don't win, you get mad. I mean, that's how it goes. Yeah, but there's more to it and. I think you is a, a respect for each side of it, but um, a got, future got other bad news. A future Hall of Famer. Have we seen uh, 
Vinatieri kick his last kick in the NFL? Yeah. I, I would I would go out on a limb and say probably so. Under uh, getting ready to undergo uh, season ending, I believe it's knee surgery. Um, so um, it's kind of crazy too because he was so good. Obviously, a part of the Super Bowl teams here in New England, and then followed by Steve Guskowski. Then he moves on to Indy, doesn't miss a beat, goes and wins the Super Bowl over there, and he's still kicking. He's 46 years old. I saw he said in hindsight he probably should have had the knee surgery before the season. So who knows? Maybe he might. Yeah. Maybe this. Maybe once he especially had the surgery. If, if he if he wasn't planning on this being his last season anyway, and if he was planning on it being his last season, as we know, a lot of guys who get hurt when they feel like it's a lot, they want to come back. They I wanna, remember being at NFLPA meetings and I thought Vinatieri like worked. For, for the, the PA. PA. Yeah, that's how too. that's how old he looked. But shout out to Vinatieri. Great guy. Hall of Fame, uh, a living legend. Who you got? LSU versus Oklahoma. Who you got? Uh you gotta go LSU. Who you got? Ohio State versus Clemson. Ohio State. Who's winning it all? LSU. I got but I got I am hoping Oklahoma wins it all. Dark horse. Clemson wins the whole thing. Why am I hoping all Oklahoma wins it all? Because we will give one of the biggest comeback players of the week. To Jalen Hurst, if Oklahoma, I mean, he's borderline, but I mean, like almost borderline for taking it this week. Can we give everybody a comeback? I mean, uh, how, three out of I the, mean, three out of the four quarterbacks had to transfer, so I mean, they all did it. But Jalen Hurst is Jalen Hurst is the only one who led a team to play in the college Final Four and then switch teams and then led that team to the college playoff uh, Final Four. So, and I mean, Lawrence is going to lead Clemson to a, a championship. If you say so, but bottom line, Jalen Hurst is a baller. But you got to go with Joe Burrow. Speaking of college, he's a beast. Speaking of college football, um, Lane Kiffin is at it again. I saw my man B. Spike said, "How did this man keep getting jobs?" I mean, but it's not about what you know; it is about who you know. And Lane Kiffin must know a lot of people because Ole Miss welcomed your new head coach, Lane Kiffin. He's there to win. He's there to recruit. Uh, but what are we going to say if Lane Kiffin goes there and makes uh, Ole Miss a problem in the SEC? Then you'll say this is why the man keeps getting Because he was winning. Uh, he's at FAU, right? Not FIU. He's at FAU. He was that winning at FAU. Thing. Same thing. No, nah, FIU was better when I was in college. FAU, FIU. I don't know. FIU was better when I was in college. I don't know. They had T.Y. Hilton, Anthony Gator. They were solid. We we beat up on them, though. Just so you know. Same same, same thing. Did you see this? Dante, Let's matter of fact, Let's get into some group chat talk. A lot going on in the group chat. Dante Jackson, cornerback for the Carolina Panthers, criticizes the coaching staff. And this is kind of a timing thing. They just fired uh, Ron River, Rivera. Yep, Riverboat Ron. So new staff, new regime coming in. These guys out there taking over. But after the game, he said, first of all, it was two bad calls, two horrible calls, two calls that we didn't call in those situations all week in practice. And he's talking about two touchdowns. So he got hit with a surprise call. Two touchdowns that were given up. One of them was a 90-something yard touchdown backed up where they went all-out blitz. And he commented on the fact that it left the corners out there on an island. What do you take from this when you see a guy and I and I don't I, I don't follow Carolina closely, but I hadn't seen a high uh, he was a headline. Bad. I hadn't seen a headline like this while Rivera was there as a the head coach. Obviously, they're going through some some culture changes and all that. What do you take from it when you see a guy come out? And he was mad. I mean, he's mad. He speaks his mind. Um, and like you just said, he might have been. He might be a guy that liked Ron Rivera, liked what he was doing. Um, maybe didn't like the decision, and now, you know, what I mean, it's, I won't even say it's necessarily him not liking 
the new staff, or but he didn't agree with those calls. And Rivera is a defensive-minded coach, so um, maybe he believed in Rivera's methods and what he what how he call, played call called plays and what he wanted from the defensive side, and maybe that's changed a little. So, um, you know, he's one of their better plays. He speaks out, speaks his mind in the media. Um, and I I keep saying it. We might not like everything that's said by players, but you got to respect that players are a lot more open to say how they feel and to be vocal with coaching staffs, with the media, with everyone. Um, so it's, it's a different method. Now, as a player, do you look at that? Like, obviously, you – you have a game plan. You practice all week. Are there times where calls? Yeah, every player gets mad about calls they don't like. Yeah, everybody got calls that they weren't calling situations, and like and we I all think say, to that, to hold, that, on, hold on, like we all say, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, and I think to that to that effect, coaches a lot of times the same way players. There's been multiple times I've gotten beat in the game, and I when I'm rewinding in my head and like. I should have did this. Or oh, they were throwing the deep ball. I knew they were going deep. I should have bailed. I should have played off. Or I knew that short route was coming. I should have sat on the route. I think coaches go through the same thing on Definitely. Monday mornings too. As I knew in that situation they were going to go to. So I think it, it, But it's the same thing because when, when you do back up and they throw the short route, the coach is like, he knew this was coming. He shouldn't have backed up. So, I mean, it's all the same. As a player, you're like, I knew this was coming. We shouldn't have called that. So it's all the same. We all working to try to win. Yeah, they'll figure out. Did you see LeBron James? Literally walked the ball up from half court to the three-point line. Took 18 steps. He did that, and he was on the court one time in socks this year. He was celebrating. He having fun, man. They can't help that they beating the socks off of people. He's having fun. He's having fun. If it wasn't for Deron Harmon, they might have won the week this week. But if we went, if we give it to them, we won't hear the end of Deron. So I'm not. I, they won't get it from me. They balling though. What do you think of all the rumors where headlines hit? OBJ doesn't want to stay in Cleveland. I feel bad for him, y'all. Everything is always a headline around him. Some people like headlines. How you know he doesn't like the headlines? You don't know. But I mean, it's, um, it's probably true. It's probably how we surprised he doesn't. I mean, the they were supposed to be his career. Yeah. So he's not producing the way he has produced since he stepped foot in this league. His injury's not being handled the way Baker Mayfield likes. And they're not winning as many games. I mean, there were a good amount of people who picked this team to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they're fighting to, to still stay alive for the playoffs. Yeah. And it's, a tough, it's an uphill battle. So um, would we be surprised? No, because I think we found out with him leaving the Giants. Players are trying to take their careers in their own hands. They're trying to control their destiny and where they end up. He's playing with his best friend. He said it. Um, he enjoys that. But we don't know. There might be more out there for OBJ. So, um We'll see. I think he's under contract. So this isn't like one of those things like where will he end up? It's Will Cleveland want him to be gone or not? So um, it's one of those things we have to see. Obviously, it's going to stay in the headlines. If they don't make the playoffs, this will be this will be all they talk about. I mean, you'll be asked about this. If you do, if we make the playoffs and we're playing, you'll be asked about this. You know, so we'll see how it all works out. But um, I'm always excited when guys control their destiny. It's, it's cool to watch. What we got cooking? Who you got who lost the weekend? This is this is who you picked who lost the weekend. I mean, this is obvious who lost the well, he lost the weekend, but he won the bowling. He won the bowling game because I'm pretty sure if he bowled a 250. Le'Veon didn't lose a weekend. No one else, no one else was. You think he lost that. the weekend over the Browns? The Browns release release Smith. Trainer staff gets attacked by a player. OBJ is uh says that he wants out from sources. I mean, 
that's a if that's not a loss of a week, and I don't know what's a loss of a week. That's a lot of attacks. And don't forget, Miles Garrett still suspended. Dang. That's a rough weekend. Le'Veon Bell lost the weekend, but he bowled a good game. Don't be stubborn and be a fool like this guy. Matt LaFleur, first coach in Packer history to win 10 games in his first season. I think that would qualify as winning the weekend. Does, uh, is there an asterisk because you have Aaron Rodgers or no? No, because, I mean. I mean, the guy's a pretty good player. Yeah, I was about to say. But shout out Matt LaFleur. That's big. I mean, he, he kicked our butt last year. He, that, Matt LaFleur was in Tennessee, office coordinator. Yeah. Kicked our butt last year. So, hey, I ain't got nothing against you, Matt. Who Matt you got? L. Who you got? Um, Norma Tech, comeback of the week. I mean, this was kind of your thing, but. Um, what do you mean, my thing? You picked this Norma Tech. I don't do that. Come on. What you you chose. I like it, though. We got comeback player of the week, Ryan Tannehill. And obviously, he's been balling. We talked about him on the show, how he stepped in for Mariota and he's balling. And we could have waited until he, he inked that new deal. But we want to give it to him early. Comeback player of the week. Because sources say he is in contract negotiations with Tennessee. So in Miami, written off as a franchise quarterback in Tennessee. Franchise quarterback eating some of the best barbecue food. He got his Normatech, uh, his Normatech boots on. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's living good. And he's about to get the big contract. And he's going to be living with some of country music's greats. Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out Ryan Tannehill. Music and, City. And we got to give another shout out. Uh, my man Tiger Woods uh, pulled up with the Norma Tech boots around his shoulder, ready to Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. So you shout out Tiger Woods yeah, repping that Norma you Tech. You don't have any golf game. Before you get into a, a, a special announcement that you have to of make. this, Chris. I want to shout out Bobby Wagner for more than an athlete. Uh, part, portion of this show. Bobby Wagner was named the Week 13 NFLPA Community MVP for packing up Thanksgiving meals at a local grocery store and helping deliver them to homeless families in Seattle. And while doing so, spontaneously decided to pick up the tab for all the shoppers who were on site at the store for an hour. Bobby we have two Wagner. We have two more than athletes because we can't go on without shouting out Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack went to uh, I think it was in Perry something, but back in Florida, um, went to Walmart, found out the families who had stuff on layaway. It was between three hundred to three hundred fifty families, and he paid the full layaway tab. Merry Estimated Christmas. eighty thousand dollars. Khalil Mack went and paid, and that I don't even think awesome. I don't think that's a tax write off. So he just went and he said, "Here's eighty large out of my pocket. That's awesome. Anything you had on layaway." It's yours. So That's awesome. shout out both those guys. Target. I mean, Walmart should match it and put up the next eighty thousand. Challenge. Never, Walmart. never, never. What never. you got cooking? So before we get out, twelve of days of Christmas. I've been talking about this for a couple weeks now, and I, I've decided we got three ways you can win. What should we call these jerseys? You can win double coverage jerseys, thirty and thirty-two, both sent to you. Um, so we will pick. Four winners from these three questions. We would pick so twelve winners total. Twelve winner totals, and we would pick four people from each one of these questions. So you got so three different ways to win it. The first way you can win: send a picture of your Christmas tree. You can tweet it to us. You can. It's, uh, I would say tweet it to us. Tweet it to us is Keep the easiest way. Instagram. They got where the picture comes in one thing. Yeah. So tweet it to us. McCord at McCordy Twins. Tweet a picture of your Christmas tree and hashtag. 
double coverage. Thank you. Hashtag double coverage. 12 days of Christmas with the Max. That's way too long. Way too long. All right. Uh, 12. Hashtag double coverage. Christmas special. Xmas special. We got to put, I mean, we got the holiday spirit. All right, we're back to it. Second way you can win. You can reenact a classic McCourty Twins moment. It could be a pose or a play. It could be us hugging after the ASC championship. It could be us hugging after the Super Bowl. It could be us jumping in the air. So you pick. But it's got to be both of us. It can't be J-Max playing the Super Bowl. We get it. Good play. And the third way you can win, and probably the best way you can win, all you got to do is go on iTunes, YouTube, whatever you listen to podcasts with. Mama, we made it. And subscribe to the podcast. And after you subscribe, hit the screenshot. Send us a screenshot, and we will pick four winners from that group. So don't miss out on 12 Days of Christmas. We will be, I'll be posting a picture of all of these jerseys soon, so you don't want to miss out. And so you know, your jersey will be there after Christmas. We will not go out and make sure all these jerseys get there on Christmas. I am sorry. We got games to play. But if you jump in and you are selected, you will, I repeat, you will get two jerseys. Twelve people will get two jerseys. And for the first one of the Christmas trees, we're going to ask our kids to pick the trees. So uh, send us the best trees out there. There you go. Make it happen. Twelve days of Christmas. And after you win one of these, jer- these jerseys, you, I want to see it. Mama, we made it! And tell your friends about the podcast. Anyway, reminder, you can find us audio version, video version, audios on iTunes, Spotify, video on YouTube. All you have to do is search double coverage with the McCordy Twins, like Dev already alluded to. Make sure you subscribe. And before we get out of here, thank you to our partners, Boston Medical Center, Embrace Kids Foundation, and Norma Tech recovery systems appreciate you see you later christmas is coming are you being naughty or nice